The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. How many of you are glad you got up to come to church this morning? I need to hear it. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I just had church right back in that corner, and God is just getting this thing started. I need to just go ahead and let you know this is the last week of our Jesus Is series, guys, and and, and, and can I just say this, that I knew back several months ago when we put this date on the calendar, I knew that this series, this very message was going to be the one that was going to cap off this series, but it also was going to be the one that had the most potential to set many people free here this morning. And so and I have people this very second that are praying for this very moment. They're praying that you do not hear Scott say one word this morning, but they are praying that the Holy Spirit speaks to you in ways that maybe you have never heard before. So I want to just start by saying something that Pastor Bradley said just a second ago, and it was this, the importance of this coming up Friday evening, the camp out, the campfire, the time on the land where we're going to get together as a church And we're going to be able to see and to talk to people and probably get to know some people that we do not know. As this church continues to grow bigger, we have made the claim that we are going to try to do smaller better. And this is one of our attempts. So if you're a part of this church or maybe you're just here and you're saying, hey, this seems like a pretty neat place, I'm going to come hang out. Guys, it's this Friday night. It starts at 5.30 on our land, listen, you don't even have to bring anything other than just bring yourself. I'm sure there will be enough to eat. I don't see anybody in here that's about to starve to death, so you'll be okay. But guys, listen, we are getting bigger. We're going to need to get better at being smaller, and this is just one opportunity for you to get to know someone that you do not know. Because I will just tell you this. I don't know all of you, but the ones of you that I do know, man, you guys are pretty cool, and you want to know some of these people. Does that sound like a good idea? Listen, yeah, this Friday, 5.30 on the land, if you don't know where that is, stop out in the hallway at the Here to Serve table, and Brent McDowell will give you all the information about that that you need. Guys, I want to pray for us this morning before we go any further because I do believe, honestly, with all my heart, and this is not just blowing smoke this morning to try to hype this thing up, but I believe that God is getting ready to show you and to say something to you. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. I believe what he is getting ready to reveal to you is going to give you an opportunity to change the trajectory of the rest of your life. Jesus, right now, this is all about you. And God, I thank you for the faithful people of prayer that are not only praying right this very second, but who have been praying for this entire week. And they've been praying for a time like this. And so, God, I pray and I ask you in the powerful name of Jesus that you will do and say only what you can do and what you can say. God, there is freedom in this place. Your Holy Spirit is present. God, may we throw off every one of our preconceived notions about who you are. And God, maybe today a miracle will take place and we will start afresh and anew with you. Jesus, thank you for being so wonderful. 
Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. And thank you for being in this place. And it is in your beautiful name we pray these things. Amen and amen. So many people have asked uh, Pastor Bradley and so many people have asked Pastor Brent and they've been asking me, they said, man, how was your trip to Israel? For those of you who do not know, we just came back from Israel about a week and a half ago. Pastor Brent and I and Bradley was about a month ago. And there's so many questions that come up. What was your favorite thing? And what was the greatest moment? What did you experience? And, and I cannot do justice what I experienced in Israel. Pastor Brent and Pastor Bradley could probably do a much better job than I. But I want to tell you that I experienced many things that are impossible to rank in the importance of what happened. This morning what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share two experiences with you. Not one being greater than the other and these two being greater than the other experiences that I had. But this morning I'm going to share two things with you. And the first is this. Almost soon as I arrived in the city of Jerusalem, seeing the millions of people, I immediately thought to myself, how you view Jesus determines everything about you. How you view Jesus determines the way you're going to live the rest of your life. And then the second one, I figured a picture could speak louder than my words. The second one is this. I'll come back to this picture a little later in our time here this morning. But how you view Jesus, my first experience, determines everything about the rest of your life. C.S. Lewis has coined a phrase, the Lewis Trilemma. Some of you have heard of that. Some of you are thinking, the Lewis Trilemma basically says this, that Jesus is either a liar, and I encountered people, I encountered people just like you and I, on the streets of Jerusalem, I encountered them. I walked side by side with them. I had conversations with people who truly believe that Jesus is a liar. You see, they're just like you and I. Men, women, and even young children who just happen to be born in a much different world than you and I were born in. I walked with men and women and saw children playing in mud puddles in the street who just happen to believe that this Jesus that you and I celebrate, they just happen to believe that Jesus was at best a good storyteller. On His best day, He was just a good teacher. They definitely do not believe that this Jesus that you and I worship here this morning is not the Savior of the world. And so basically, they live their everyday life getting up, going to work, doing their thing, thinking that the Jesus that you and I think is Savior, they think that He is a liar because there's no way that this Jesus is God. And so to them, Jesus is a liar. That's the first part of Lewis's trilemma. 
The second part is that they believe, many men and women and children that I encountered in Jerusalem, they believe that Jesus is a lunatic. I walked. One of the first evenings when Brent and I arrived in Jerusalem, we were walking the streets. And we saw from one direction all of these Well, the best way to describe them to you would look like pilgrims who just got off the Mayflower. And that's no disrespect, but that's just the best way to describe them. And they are ultra-conservative Jews. They wear their top hats, they have their sideburns very long, and they're dressed in black and white. And it just happened to be the Sabbath for them. And they were walking back from their religious organization's time of prayer. And they were walking, and Brent and I noticed that there were masses of them walking in this direction. And so what does any good redneck from Wahlberg do? Is like, well, let's go find out where they're going. And so we saw them, and we just started to walk with them, not blending in, because, again, they look like Mayflower pilgrims, and we are, well, just like this. And so we started to walk, and I happened to make eye contact with one young man And he saw me looking at him and he asked me this question, are you a Jew? And I said, no. And I didn't answer. And then he said this, he said, are you a Christian? And I said, well, yeah, I am. And immediately his hand went up into my face and he walked on. You see, these guys do not believe that Jesus even existed He was not a good teacher. He was not some great storyteller. He definitely was not the son of God. And he did not even exist to many of these men, women, and children. You see, they believe that Jesus was crazy. That he was a lunatic. C.S. Lewis, in his trilemma, said that he's either a liar, a lunatic. There's another rabbi, a professor rabbi by the name of John Duncan, and he said this, and I quote, he said, Christ either deceived mankind by conscious fraud, meaning he was a liar, or he was himself deluded and self-deceived. He was a lunatic. John Duncan closes his quote with the third option of C.S. Lewis's trilemma. He says, or... He was divine. And so this morning, I want to go back to my first experience and just offer it up to many of you that are sitting here. And I know many of us have been sitting in church seats for many years of our life. Can I tell you that if you have been sitting in a church seat for many years of your life, first of all, I want you to say, thank God. But then I want you to say, God, help me. Because I do not, even though I've been sitting in a church seat for the majority of my life, God, I don't have this Jesus thing figured out. And so God, help me to be open to your Holy Spirit because I am hungry and I am desperate for truth. And if you've never sat in a church seat in all of your life, the first thing I'd like for you to do is to say, thank God. And then the second thing I need you to do is say, God, help me. 
Thank you, God, that for some reason I landed in this church today. And then, God, I don't even know how I talk to you, but I'm going to say help me because I, whether I know it or not, am desperate to know who this Jesus is. And so going back to my first experience, who Jesus is to you determines everything about the rest of your life. And so I offer this question to every single one of you sitting here today, is who is Jesus to you? Some of you, it's okay. He is a liar to you. To some of you, he is a lunatic. He is crazy, and that's okay. You see, I believe that my God, Jesus, is just so perfect and so all-knowing that he knew that there was going to be a moment just like this in your life. And you, here today, is not an accident. So who is Jesus to you? You see, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says some very powerful words. Chapter 15, and I'll just start at verse 14, skipping through a couple of verses of what Paul says. And we've got to remember something here. Paul was writing these words. He had a face-to-face encounter with this Jesus that you and I are talking about. And so I'm going to take his words for exactly what they say. And he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start at verse 14. And Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. Why would you believe in a liar? Why would you believe in someone who is crazy? Listen, some of you today are sitting beside someone who is crazy. And if you're not sitting beside someone, then you're crazy. I told someone just this morning that I had 12 kids. And my wife says, oh, I get tired of hearing you say that. Well, each kid has about three personalities, so that's 12. So I'm not telling a lie. But why would we believe in a liar? I guarantee you I'm not going to stake my life and eternity on someone who lies. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then he's a liar. And what I'm doing here is simply wasting your time. He goes on, if you'll just skip down to verse 17. The Apostle Paul, remember the man who had a face-to-face encounter with this Jesus. He says this, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile. You hear that? It is a waste. He goes on to say, this is some of the most, some of the scariest words that I believe are in Scripture. And he says that if he was not raised from the dead, that you are still in your sins. You see, on my trip to Jerusalem, my heart was broken for those people. Because they did not choose who and where they were going to be born. We need to pray for many of those men and women 
And I believe that one day God will reveal His Son to them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because those people who do not believe Jesus is God, then they're still in their sins. The Apostle Paul goes on in verse 19. He says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. I'm thankful for verse 20. Because verse 20 answers the question of the third trilemma. He is not liar and he is not lunatic, but the option is Lord. And in verse 20, the Apostle Paul, who came face to face with Jesus, he says this, but... Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Amen. That He is who He says He is. That He is God. That He is Savior. And that tells me, guys, that He is Lord. And if He is Lord, and He indeed was raised from the dead, then that changes everything. That tells me, and it gives you an opportunity to believe or not, but it tells me that everything that I proclaim out of this is absolutely true about the man that we know as Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That this, everything that it says and describes is 100% true. Because Jesus is Lord. And you see, that is a game changer for every single one of us sitting in this room. Because if it is true about what it says about Jesus, then what it says about you is exactly true as well. You see, the same guy, same Paul, wrote another letter to the Galatians. And in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it is Christ who lives in me. I need you guys to read that with me because I don't believe many of us in here understand the impact of that verse. So read this aloud with me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ... You can stop. For some of you, that's the greatest news that you've heard, but you don't understand. It is the greatest news that you have heard but you do not understand. You see, if Jesus is Lord, then what we just read is true for you. And in just a very quick glance of Scripture, I'm not even talking about a Brent Bennett in-depth, detailed study. I'm just talking about a Scott Newton, let's look at it for five minutes because there's a squirrel. In five minutes. Wow, that went over better than I thought. 
in five minutes looking at any one of the Gospels. I choose Mark, it's the shortest. In any one of the Gospels, you can quickly see that Jesus is all kinds of things. And if they are true about Him, then listen church, because of that Scripture you just read, it is absolutely true about you. And so what you read about Jesus Christ being God is also true about you. And, and I just quickly ran through a few words that I saw that described Jesus. And there's some of them that are going to challenge you to the core this morning because some of you have been told all your life that you are just the very opposite of what I'm getting ready to read. And some of you, you have even told yourself the very opposite of what I'm getting ready to share. You have believed everyone else and you have taken them at their word and you have talked yourself out of so many wonderful things because you believe more about who you say you are than who Jesus says you are. You see, this is the most important time of this entire series that we're getting ready to go into. If you can truly grasp this, the trajectory of your Christian life will be forever changed. The one thing that you will have to pray for is a God-sized humility when you understand who you are in Jesus Christ. People can tell you all kinds of negative things. People can cut you to the core. They can say you're this, this, and that. But all you have to remember that if Jesus is Lord, then I am all of these things as well. The first one is this. You see, I see in Scripture that Jesus was very courageous. You have to be courageous to walk around for 33 years knowing that the, at the end of it, you're going to die a brutal death. That takes courage. And if Jesus Christ is courageous, then you are courageous too. Some of you just don't know it yet. You are so courageous that you can do exactly what God has told you to do. You just don't know it yet. But if Jesus, if He was courageous, then you're courageous. And so what I say to you today is that there are some of you that need to leave this place and start putting into action what He has laid on your heart. Because you're very courageous. The second one is this. I see in Scripture that Jesus is very honest. And if Jesus Christ is honest, then that means that we are honest. And I'm not going to harp on this one very long, but I just want to say this to you. I know as people of the church and Christians, listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, then this is not for you. But please listen on, because this is what God requires of those of us who say we love Jesus, His Son. But I know as Christ followers and people of the church, man, we can sometimes be the most dishonest people. We can make up all kinds of things, but the most dishonest we ever are is we lie to ourselves all the time. Some of us in here who have confessed Jesus as Lord, we need to say to ourselves right now in our brain, 
that I am about the truth. I am a truth teller. And I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to start right here with myself. I need to be honest with myself. And listen, it just happens to take a little bit of courage to do that. I love this one. Jesus was committed. He was a man of commitment. Some of you in here, you've started and stopped. You've started and you failed. You started and you listened to the crowd. Listen, Jesus was committed with one thing, and that was being the Savior of the world. And He saw it through. Some of us in here, we start and we stop. Some of us, we don't even start because we know we're going to stop. You see, Jesus is a very committed man. And because Jesus is committed, you are a person of commitment. I could go on. Jesus is dependable. He's dependable. Run through Scripture, you see that Jesus was always content. He was always content with where He was, who He is, and what He had love this one if I can just hang here for just a second Jesus is pure some of you in here need to know that you are pure not because of what you've done not not, not because of what you're doing here this morning but you're pure only because of the fact that Jesus Christ is pure your purity does not have to do anything with your past. You see, for so long we've gotten hung up that our purity deals with our performance. Listen, your performance is always going to lack. But somebody in here needs to know today that when Jesus Christ died for you, He alone made you pure and when God above is looking down upon you I need you to know that he's not looking at your past and your performance but he is looking at your perfection because when he sees you he sees Jesus guys that's the greatest news I've ever heard that he doesn't see this mess he sees his son I don't know if you're taking notes but he was so generous Pastor Brent's going to open up our series next week with his blessed life guys I promise you this can change your life you're generous you just don't know it yet Jesus was an encourager. He was compassionate. He was enthusiastic. I love the fact that he was obedient. But then this last one that at a quick glance reveals to me. 
that Jesus Christ was an overcomer. See, that's a picture of the garden tomb. Many people believe that this is the place where Jesus was buried. There's the debate. And actually, I don't even get in the debate because I don't care where he was buried. All I know is that when I went there, that place was empty. Like I actually walked into that place and there was nothing there. And it hit me there in the garden as I just looked at that empty tomb. I thought to myself, because I had a little pity party going on during my week there until I left this place because I thought, oh, poor, pitiful me, some of these things that are going on in my life. And I said to myself, if Jesus can overcome that, then there is absolutely, listen to me, there is absolutely nothing you cannot overcome in Jesus Christ. Nothing. So my Jesus, Lord, is an overcomer. You see, the same Paul who had a face-to-face encounter with Jesus said this. He said, "There is." He said, "I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength." I don't know what you face today. I don't know what you've been telling yourself. But this morning, I just want to sort of end our time with one more question. Is who is Jesus to you? I know for a fact, I walked where he walked. I saw where he died. And I also saw where he came back to life. To me, Jesus is Lord. And that changes everything. And so would you just bow your heads? And Holy Spirit, right now, I just ask, will you please do what only you can do? Over these next few moments as we sing, God, may these words resonate and be truth to us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And it's in your beautiful name that we pray these things.